Welcome to From Uniforms to Unicorns. This podcast is all about our experience as female corrections officers, our challenges, our triumphs, and our transitions out of the career. Lauren and I have always had a significant bond. Friends, moms, and business owners that happen to be in prison. Life attempted to separate us, but we always found a way back to each other. We are huge life milestones, tragedy, and random text messages saying, I thought of you today. We know there is huge curiosity surrounding these topics. And we aren't the only ones that struggle. There are also incredible stories just waiting to be shared. And we want this to be a safe place for us and you to talk about the often unspoken world of corrections. Grab a coffee, head out on a walk, or just take a break. Let me warn you, we have no idea what we're doing. From uniforms to uniforms. Hi, welcome back. We are here for season two of From Uniforms to Unicorns. Uh, this season, we are interviewing corrections officers across um, across the country, uh, people that we've worked with who um, came from EIFW at some point in their career. And today, we are interviewing the brave Jamie Green. She volunteered to be our first, and we are so excited to have her. Thanks for being here, Jamie. Hi, Lauren. Hi, Sharon. Hi, Jamie Green. <laughs> What's up? What's up? <laughs> so, uh, Jamie also, she, she was the goalie of the, the infamous Dirty Birds, so pretty excited to have yes. the goalie here, too. So. Jamie, we're I think just gonna, I quit before Jamie before Jamie goal. joined. Yeah, I only played like three games before yeah, I decided mm, this might not be my. <laughs> thing. This is not for me. <laughs> Probably wasn't a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jamie, we're just gonna ask you a couple questions, and yeah, we'll just have a chat. So, I'll ask you. Uh, so, what led you to corrections? What made you choose corrections? Uh, well. I always wanted corrections. I just didn't, I, I didn't know I was maybe good enough for it. Yeah, you did? Really? You did always want corrections. All, my whole life, even as a little oh, kid. Oh, wow. Yeah. How did you find out about that? So I was working in group homes thinking that that was my destiny. Um, and I worked with a guy named Harold Hanley. And he heard me go on and on about prisons all the time. And oh, cool. And then one day he's, he's sitting on the, the couch in our group home and he goes, oh my God, my brother is like totally a manager at a women's prison here in Edmonton. Cool. You should meet him. And I was like, no, like I had stars in my eyes. <laughs> Your brother works in a prison. <laughs> so he introduced me to Mike Hanley and, you know, I put all oh. my... Yeah, Hanley, yeah. Yep. And I mean, I was 23, 24 at the time, 23 at the time. And, you know, I, I typed up my resume and I went to meet Mike Hanley and he was really gracious. He showed me around the institution. I was absolutely like I was in Hollywood or something, just like wow. every, everything he told me I, I clung to. He told me I should memorize the mission statement and never forget it. And I did. <laughs> and I still know it. Awesome. <laughs> and yeah, he, um, you know, he reassured me that the experience I had with group homes and a degree in psychology was 
uh, more than enough to work in the prison, which I couldn't believe because, again, I didn't feel worthy enough <laughs> until I started working. Then I realized <laughs> <laughs> I was worthy. <laughs> and so you started in 2006? Yeah, February 2006. And you did your training in uh, Saskatoon as well? Yeah, we started the year before October 31st was our day one at, in Saskatoon. That wow. was any foreshadowing, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Get ready for all the yeah. Halloween. Yeah. yeah, we were in the, the, the park town. Mm. Yeah, so yeah. There was seven of us that came to you guys. And all women or did you have men too? All women. All women, yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, there, was, there had to be like a ratio of men to women right so oh okay. and you and you guys came in uniform or was it we did come in uniform and yeah. all y'all were like oh must be nice because apparently you've been waiting for <laughs> your uniform <laughs> and I you feel, just got it <laughs> i feel like we wore street clothes for years yeah that's yeah. how i felt but yeah apparently we didn't not that long anyway right we, we were the first crew to show up with uniform and everyone had brand new uniform because we'd all just got suited with it. Oh, right. that's cool. Very, yeah. very cool. Yeah, yeah. So there's your timestamp. <laughs> for awesome. our uniforms because we were a little bit confused, I think. I thought it was like 2008. Yeah, that's and I, I knew it might have been a bit before because just because 2008 is you know, the year summer was born. So I knew we had them before, but I just, right. I couldn't pinpoint that date. Not that it's important now, right. but no, whatever, it's not. whatever. It's not. Okay. So tell us, tell us your thoughts. Like when you come into the institution, what, what was that like? And if I was a bitch too, sorry. <laughs> I think no, I was. Never a bitch. Oh. <laughs> I never laughed so hard in my life the whole time. The first two years when we had crew two. Uh-huh. My stomach hurt every every night I drove home from work. My stomach hurt from laughing so hard. Right? Yeah, we were that lucky. That's Lauren, awesome. Part of that, Lauren, Jody, joking. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh! Remember and when I, we took you to the bank? Do you remember that night we um, went to the bank? I do. It's like the only time I got really drunk. Yes. I remember you being very sick outside going, I'm not doing this anymore, you guys. I don't know why I listened to you. I don't know why I do these things. Yeah, it was Toonie Tuesday. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. I thought you guys at first met the bank. I was like, oh, she didn't even know how to deposit her check. Like, holy, I did have Jamie. I bank account, but I was driving a Dodge Neon, so... I did still need some upgrades. <laughs> oh yeah, crew too was so fun. I feel yeah, grateful, grateful I was on that crew. Yeah. Me too. And yeah. I I still value humor in the workplace because of that. Yes. You know, some may see say it looks immature, but I say it, you know, keeps you going, right? Like it's not like you're making jokes when there's a crisis, but right. the downtime, what why not laughter? Mm -hmm. Well, and sometimes in crisis you are still making a joke because sometimes that's how you cope right because yeah. you're coping with you're trying to like break that tension so everybody just relax we we got this right we know what we're doing we've done it hundreds of times so mm -hmm. yeah it was that's lots right. of fun lots of fun working with you and uh what are your, some of your fondest memories at eifw oh gosh i didn't come <laughs> prepared for that <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's I okay we're talking about your experience or yeah whatever. anything 
I have many fond experiences. I, I, it probably is crew too, right? It was my first two years. You know, I'm very grateful that I was welcomed with open arms because sometimes it's hard when you're new. Um, and just all the shenanigans we got into that probably I don't want to. Yeah, <laughs> those are my best memories. I was thinking, and yeah, like, there's there's a couple there that we probably can't even say, right? Because you, you just, you do still work for corrections. So... <laughs> We'll I just do. keep it under wraps. <laughs> so far. <laughs> so far. Until so they hear this. Releases. Yeah, they hear this episode and yeah. like, Jamie. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just so talk I about how know. drunk I was. No. What? <laughs> I want to no. know, at what point did you feel worthy of being there? Like, was it instantaneous or was it like something you had to work up to? I was probably very grateful for the first two years, like even putting on my uniform. I'm like, oh my God, look at me. I have a uniform and a badge. And a pass. And yep. I didn't get my badge for years later, but when I got it, <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember when that faded, when it was like, right. yeah, you know, like this is just who I am. I don't remember the transition. I just remember I was very grateful probably for the first two years or so. And then what did you ask me again? Just, uh, I don't remember. That's a dumb question. Just like, what are, what are your best experiences? What do you remember? What, uh, when, did you, people, people, when right? did you feel worthy? The, oh, like, when did you feel worthy? Like at what point did you feel like I belong here? This is, this is what I was. When I started do. working with people who um, maybe, shouldn't have been there or uh i've lost my confidence uh to do an effective job um gotcha. that's when i'm like how did you pass like i lost <laughs> sleeping for passing you know i thought that's it i won't pass this is it i came here for nothing i'm no good and then oh i go well, how'd you pass well how'd you pass you know so that's totally. when i was like wait a second mm -hmm. <laughs> i i remember that too jamie i remember people saying like oh, this is such a huge opportunity. Like, don't wreck it. Don't, you know, this is so big, like a federal government job and yes, don't yes. wreck this opportunity. And then when I got to the institution and I was like, huh, how many people actually <laughs> applied? Like, did you take everyone that applied for this job? Exactly. Or did I actually get picked yes. out of like a massive pool of people? <laughs> no, because you do, you do feel like it's a massive pool because at one time, like there was a physical and there was hundreds right. of people running in the gym. And I'm just like, I have to pass. Oh my God. And I had to carry this thing. And then it's gone. And then yeah, like Jamie, right. Years later, you look at some of the people coming in, you know, who, who would eat like a chocolate bar during an incident. And you're like, <laughs> I, I, you know, I was sweating to get this job and I was really grateful to have it. But like, how'd you get in buddy? Or yeah, yeah. I was kind of like that too. Yeah, yeah. They don't stress about nothing and they skated <laughs> on in. So <laughs> Sharon, and I, and Sharon and I had this conversation too, because it was like, well, how did this person end up at EIFW? Because when I, I don't know if it was the same for when you went, um, if you got a high enough mark yeah. on part A. Part B, I think. Part A, at, part a and part B. Yeah. Then you could go to a women's prison because that meant you were a two. So if you got a high enough mark on A and B, but failed firearms, they put you in the women's prison. <laughs> yeah, but, that's right. But that's if you right. if you failed part B, then you got to go to firearms and then they put you in the men's prison. So no one, I think out of my group, three people actually were like escorted 
off the off? property. Yeah. Before, like, out of the park town, not the institution. Oh. Out of the park that town. Came later. Later. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, frick. Oh, my God. <laughs> but there there was people that were a lot, that you know if you didn't do good enough then but I mean so we were kind of played back and forth so yeah. at the, I think at that point I realized like oh they don't have that many people yeah that must have been I we didn't have that we were just it was the women's prison and that was where I was going oh. and that's I had met Mike through that and he you know so I just and that's where I wanted to be. So I didn't know of any other option and, and thank God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I definitely, cool. women's corrections is. That's is where me. you want to be. And yeah. Jamie, like, so what made you decide to transfer? Was it just, you wanted to move to BC or. Uh, every time I visited BC, I don't remember the first time I went, uh, I fell in love with it. You know, that's where you go to vacation when you live in Edmonton. <laughs> yeah. Edmonton. <laughs> Edmonton. So uh, it was just always like, I need to be here. Like, why wouldn't I? You yeah. know, it, you see that meme on Facebook all the time. Why do I live somewhere where I can't feel my face? Yeah. Right? That's right. Yeah. So I, you answer that. You answer that and you go, well, I don't have to. So, you know, I put my transfer in and... It had been what a year really was that? What year did you put in your transfer? Uh, 2013. Some, okay. Oh, wow. Some point. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I, I almost missed the email. It was like, I feel like it was divine intervention that I saw the email because it had been sitting in my inbox for two weeks. Oh, wow. And, um, it had just, there'd been so many incidents every day that you couldn't, you didn't have time to look at your email and let alone an email two weeks down the, down scrolling right. down. But for some reason it just caught my eye and I opened it and the deadline to reply was like tomorrow. And oh God. my whole like stomach sunk and I was like, Oh my God, you know? So that, that, yeah, I, I took me like two seconds and then I was like, yes, yes. The answer is yes. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So tell us your experience. Like now, now you've, you know, you're out of, you know, EIFW, the danger zone. And what is your experience like now, like at FEI, Fraser Valley? Well, I love Fraser Valley and I, you know, I, and I don't mean to say I didn't love EIFW, I do, but like when you ask what I loved about it, it was the people, people the people I right. worked with. Yeah. And I still miss them and it's still not the same in that, in that respect. Uh, but FBI, you know, it's a smaller institution. It's a coastal, you know, vibe. Uh, you know, we might have 80 inmates versus 170. Um, in, a, in 110 person facility yeah, yeah always empty good. beds little oh, cottages no stairs in any of the houses you know oh, it's nice. just there's golf carts and such like it's just so lovely do you remember <laughs> hearing about that like back in the day we were like fraser valley has golf carts golf oh, carts yeah. Yeah. That's bullshit, right <laughs> and like, the rumor's true they have got like i was in one last night <laughs> oh wow <laughs> you do like perimeter checks with golf carts you can I, I, awesome. I kept lapping myself, timing it to see how fast I could go in between the <laughs> sectors. And then, yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. that's, that's awesome. 
And, yeah, it's uh, just, there's more space. There's uh, the same amount of staff for less inmates. So everyone's needs are being met. And I think that's a huge part of why it's just a more chill vibe. And is there less incidents, would you say, than EIFW? Yeah. And that, that's, oh God. yeah. And that changes things, right? It changes your career because you're not, you know, being, I don't know, mentally beaten every day, like with an incident after an incident, right? I didn't know that I was being mentally beaten, like I, uh, until I left, uh, you know, because thinking back, I know they're still going through a lot of incidents and there's staff assaults and I hear, I hear and see that they're still happening, but it took me about three months, uh, because at Fraser Valley, you actually all get a computer <laughs> and a place to sit. Oh, wow. And that's huge, right? That's, that's huge. Just... Huge. And there's access to Google. So um, in between rounds, if nothing's going on, you could, you're allowed to like, you know, just use the computer, your computer. Right. I couldn't sit still. I kept thinking like, I need to be somewhere. I must be forgetting something. Yeah. Someone's going to say something. I'm, I'm having too much downtime it's not okay it's uh, three months to like just chill come down chill mm -hmm. so did somebody say because that is the climate at eifw was is i'm not sure if it still is but you couldn't sit and be doing nothing and without yeah. someone looking at you and saying what are you supposed to be doing there's other things you can be doing and sometimes the more you would do uh the more work would be poured on you so yeah, it was. Uh, and I, I think that's where I, uh, and I've talked about this. So Jamie just <laughs> laughed at us for some Jamie reason. left. Yeah. <laughs> so Jamie's you, done. I'll tell you what happened. Jamie decided she's no longer a part of this. <laughs> uh, I, but I know what Jamie's talking about because I still feel that at home. Yeah. Um, even now, there's all this like, should I be sitting? What should I be doing? And I don't know if I um, felt that way from there or if it was just like constant, Jamie, you have to stop texting me. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's, but it, it is true. I, I do remember uh, being off when I was off the roster um, pregnant that I couldn't sit still and I felt guilty if I was. Yes. You know, and, and you, you're given the time cause you're a CX two, So you've got to write, reports but before that it was like you you couldn't uh you didn't have the time you had to find time and if somebody saw you at a computer like i'm talking maybe a manager they might say they wouldn't sometimes say it to you but they'd go and tell your your keeper that you know so and so sitting in the back so right. they'd say and you know in the, one of the la last season we talked about an incident that i was in and when I responded, I was actually in a case management uh, position and I responded from that role. So I was sitting at a computer given the time to actually write a report right. on a, my inmate was a lifer. So uh, it was a bit um, crazy and I couldn't shake that feeling. And that's the climate there, right? That mm -hmm. if you're sitting like, you know, if you're leaning, you could be cleaning kind of thing. Right. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah but yeah it was always like well there's your analysis to be done okay well let's do the court okay well let's do yeah, this that's okay, right well, why are you in the courtyard talking to people why aren't you down at the gymnasium building relationships which I can understand that because I know for a lot of times and we've talked about this is that that rapport building always yeah. helped us 
right? It, it totally did. Us. It it always helped us, and uh, that was one of the ways we um, coped. But they're also like looking back in hindsight needs to be that downtime. Hi, yeah. Jamie. To decompress and like, yeah, come back and like settle down, especially after an incident. After yes. an incident, I remember us like frantically trying to write and frantically trying to like, oh, we got to walk in 15 minutes, right? It was never like, That's okay, right. you guys are done because we never... Like we'll pull, we'll pull you two off. It was right. always, yeah, it was always like, you, you know, go into the next thing, onto the next thing. There was never like decompressing. And I, I've talked to like a, a, another senior officer from EIFW and that was one of the things she had said is she, she can't come down from that. Like she just always has that like ready to go, ready to go, ready to go. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah. Thanks Jamie. For making us <laughs> <travel>. <laughs> Boy. Yeah. But I don't know what happened to just, cut out that's okay that's so all good right. so jamie um i want to ask you like you now seem to be in good uh mental health and are there things that you do that uh help you cope through a career as a first responder like is there self-care activities you do um do you is is it outside of work stuff or you, is it just a different vibe in bc uh, well, I, I, there are things I should do. I know, I, <laughs> I know more about what I should do. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I can give, I can give a lot of great advice. And yes, such, please but, give uh, us some advice. We'd like yeah, to hear your advice. I'd like to hear your advice. But do I follow my own advice? Bro? No. Doesn't <laughs> okay. matter. That's okay. Yeah. So, and, and I don't feel like I have a lot to cope with. I mean, in general, I'm grateful. Um, there's the odd day. If you ask me, I might say something different, but but I think that, hold on, that's super important because you're always like, I'm grateful, I'm grateful. So seeing the gratitude and seeing the good is like a coping, right? Is that a strategy is. that you use to say like, I could complain all fucking day long, like some people, or <laughs> I could say, I see, I'm grateful for this experience. I'm grateful for, you know, the things that happened today, or I'm grateful for whatever, right? So you keep saying that so that I think that's key and in it helping is key. you cope. And Lauren, Lauren and I go on because it's like it cha it rewires your brain. Uh, a gratitude practice it it absolutely rewires your brain. So even you saying that, uh, and I know I know you as a person, and you I know that you have that gratitude, right? For like even the life that you're afforded, and that's I'm grateful to breathe some days, right? Because some people can't or won't or haven't, right? Mm -hmm. So it's it, that's a good one though. That's a really good one. Yeah. And it's hard. I mean, when you're at work, like complaining is contagious. And, you know, some people, I don't, I think they think it's their, their role to complain. Like it's just the cool thing to, to do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you don't realize that you're, you're immersed in this, this complaining. Um, I think it's good to come from an institution that's a lot busier and challenging because, you know, when you hear the complaints, you're just like, well, I know it could be worse. I, I keep it to myself a lot, though, because people don't want to hear that when they're complaining. They don't want to hear that what they're complaining about isn't, you know, significant for them at the time. And, and it is. Yeah. It's just, I'm grateful. I'm grateful that I might agree that it's hard, but I'm grateful to know that, okay, well, I, I'm glad this doesn't happen every day. <laughs> I'm glad this doesn't happen every week. 
I'm glad to know what to do in these situations when it does happen because of what I've experienced uh, in at EIFW. Totally. So, 100%. Yeah, and I, I love helping and teaching others. And so it's just, you know, had I gone from FBI to EIFW, I think I might have had a harder time with gratitude. You would have been like, holy I know. Shit. I'm going back. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I remember. Do you remember when we got an, uh, do you remember when Chuck came? Were you there? Jamie, you were there. No, I wasn't. I heard about Chuck, but he left right before I got there. Oh, okay. He came from EI thinking, oh, I'll just go to EIFW and this will be like my last six months and then I'll retire. <laughs> I think he was there for four hours before he was like, what the fuck just happened here? <laughs> Do you remember Lauren when he pulled the fire hose and he was going to open the food slot and we were like, um, you can't, you can't you do can't that here, man. Yeah. He's like, well, she has matches. Well, so she's getting it now. And we were like, okay. He's I putting up fired. the match. Yeah. <laughs> I might get fired, but oh I'm in, God. I'm like, I'm in Chuck, whatever you want me to do, buddy. I, and I, you, we saw that lots. I think people would come from like, other, especially the from a men's institution yeah. and just be like, what? And you talked about this, Sharon, where you're like, I went to a men's and it's like, oh, so the incident's over or there's not going to be like head banging and shit yeah. smearing and water throwing. Yeah. Like, this is it? Yeah. So, they'd say, go and write your report. I'm like, I don't like, what do I even say? <laughs> like it's two lines. We used to do yeah. like four page reports on incidents, yeah. right? Yeah. So I think, yeah, yeah, coming from EIFW would make it super easier to be like, oh, wow okay yeah. yeah yeah and I don't want to sound contentious about it like we have real things too it's just we have of less of them that's all you know and and I think it is probably a good thing that that I can help others get through what I would have had to go through in my first two years four years whatever right I can see those signs in others and say you know mm -hmm. what yeah, this is hard right now. It's not going to last forever. You know, you need to drink water. You need to get sleep. You need to do your routine as normal as possible. So um, don't change things up. Uh, give yourself three days, you know, take a, take a day off if you need to. You don't have to be a hero. Nobody's, you know, nobody's counting the days you come in, right? If you're not okay, stay home. That's yeah. good though. The, the, the place will be here whether you're here or not. Yeah. totally that and i struggled with that we've talked about that sharon like feeling well we didn't have people to say that we we had it the other way people saying get your ass in here oh you right? severed your arm i don't can you use your other arm well get your ass in here we don't we don't care right we don't there's no, or there's no one else to call like this is it they're like begging you on the other yeah. end of the phone or else we have they'd say we have to order someone that's what they'd say and you're like i'm coming i just woke <laughs> up i've had two but i'm coming right it's the yeah. complete other way yeah so yeah. it's yeah. it's just so good because even 15 years ago like uh i don't know it's changing right it's more they're, they're looking at things now, mental health, uh, resilience, uh, self-care, and they're, 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 I don't know if they're teaching people that, but they're aware of it, creating an awareness of people aren't healthy. So there is, um, there is a presumptive legislation that is in place. I, I don't know if it's just province specific, 
but it used to be where you go off and then have to use your sick hours and your own money until you were deemed traumatized. Well, now, now we've been lumped in with um, first yeah. responders yeah. and therefore yes. we benefit from the presumptive legislation that, you know what, from just because of your job alone, we presume that you probably are traumatized and, you know, we're going to pay you before the diagnosis. So good. Yeah. Is that so, so it's so different than in the past, which is good because it's nice to know things do evolve. Right. And they uh, yeah. go on the side of people that are uh, responding to things because it is traumatic. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, it's made, it's made it easier for people to go off uh, with less stigma. Like they can go off just real quick. You don't even, you didn't even know they're gone. And it's also, you know, we get some back and, how many are saved from this presumptive legislation that weren't before, right? Before. Like, totally. Yeah, because I know I used my sick time and I took a leave of absence when I took those six weeks off. So now yeah. it's like, if you don't have sick time, then you, you would just power through, I assume, right? And be like, it's fine, I'm fine, everything's fine. And yeah, yeah that, so that's good. And, and we weren't even labeled first responders in 2012. We've talked about this. So before I left, Corrections officers weren't even in the first responder category. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah. it didn't exist so, back then. So yeah. there's been a lot of changes. And I do think, I do think some people who left corrections could have stayed had, had those changes been in place back then, you know, it's, it's too bad. A lot of the people I worked with, it's like, Oh, they're not in correction. Oh, they're not, they're not, you know, there's not, mm -hmm. there's not too many of us that, that stay in for a long period of time. Yes. Yeah. Not anymore. Right. It's, it's, uh, it's different. And, and now like, it's, it's good that people can stay and that uh, people are recognized as a first responder. I remember people who uh, were assaulted by an inmate at our jail who couldn't get, uh, mm -hmm. like couldn't get a diagnosis for PTSD. And I was yeah. like, like, what more do you need? Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And who mm -hmm. wouldn't be traumatized by that? Yeah, for sure. Like, it should be hard to prove that you're not traumatized. Yeah. But absolutely. yeah, you have to prove it until, and then you, then it's most, just like, well, what's the point? Yeah, right? most people just quit. They just say, I'm, I'm done. Oh. Like, they're at their lowest. They don't have a fight in them. So they need to be saved. They mm -hmm. don't need to start another battle for themselves. They don't absolutely. have absolutely. And I feel, and I feel like that's how I, um, like towards the end I was like I'm not gonna fight this like I yeah. remember I had a grievance that was put in in 2011 and they called me in like 2015 to come to the to the meeting and I was like what I don't even know what you're talking about and then they read me and I was like oh yeah no I don't care yeah they you're like up, I'm over it <laughs> they, they ended up paying me because it was nice. like this whole thing that they decided that I won but I was like, oh, wow. Like, but I remember like everything was a fight. It was like, yes. I'll, I'm going to fight this. I'll fight this. And I just think if I would have just sat back and, and, and most of the time I didn't fight it for me. I fought it for the people that came after me. We, we always say that, like, it's, this is a fight so that we can make sure that everybody's safe and make sure it's better for everybody else. Um, but I think if I would have just sat back and been like, oh, I'm not going to fight this, it might've changed how I felt about that place sometimes and maybe worried more about myself and less about, you know, the other crap that was, that was yeah. that, right? 
And who would have known um, that we weren't in the most forward of times, right? Like at yes. the time, it's just, that's what's normal. And then now, you know, we have mothers who can go off and on extended care without fighting for it. It's just yeah. like a given. Same with accommodations, right? Oh, you, you know, you need an accommodation? Sure, here you go. It's, there's no fight. Right. right. So, and then now that's what's normal. And when I hear other people in other careers or jobs, you know, ha still having to fight, I, I remember 10 years ago, and it was really only 10 years ago that those things were fights. Mm -hmm. so. And I, I probably would have gone back to corrections if I wouldn't have had to fight for a part-time job. Yeah. But yeah. it was, it was like, oh, here's another fight. I just don't have it in me. Like, yeah. well, I don't have it in me to fight. And, and you shouldn't be like corrections is already very negative driven just by the course of what it is. So you shouldn't mm -hmm. be fighting all the time. And that's what it was. I, you guys remember I fought to have one hour off so I could take my kid to the daycare that, that I wanted to, so she would be safe. And that was a fight, even though like now I know like you're like, there's a, they have a duty to accommodate that right. mother coming back, single mom coming back to shift work right and it's like yeah. Based it should on family be a, status yeah and it should be a no-brainer because people want to work they want to do good especially like at eifw like everybody wanted to do their best like in the mm -hmm. beginning i don't know so much now but everyone just mm -hmm. wanted to work and be around everybody and do their thing right and and when i put in for part-time i was like i don't understand why you wouldn't take a trained senior yes. officer part-time over a new person who's mm -hmm. going to come in and possibly give you three months oh, if yeah. you're lucky, right? They mm. invest so much in getting yes. us trained and up to date. And uh, it's such a loss when people go off, right? So there's a bit of a gap there um, that's closing, but it's still there of, you know, staff retainment, right? Make, you know, making them feel valued and wanted and, mm -hmm. and me having a meaningful like role in the, in the company. Is it a company? I think so. The organization. Yeah. <laughs> so when you've you, got, no, go, go ahead, Lauren. I was just thinking, so BC is just BC though, right? So EIFW takes Alberta, Saskatchewan and Manitoba. So that's probably why your jail's not as full. Hey. Yes. Uh, yeah. But we sure get a lot of uh, our prairie girls over it. <laughs> yeah, you do. Hey, <laughs> constantly. Yeah. Like I, I just talked to one uh, in the house there and she's like, I've never seen a mountain. Wow. You know? Oh my God. Yeah. Really, I guess if they don't have support systems or whatever in Alberta, then lead a lifestyle that doesn't take them to BC every summer. Right. Right. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. Fair. So <laughs> crazy crazy yeah. so we sure like yeah we got our jail's actually pretty full right now and it's all prairie girls and the dynamics are going up because really yeah yeah, hmm. yeah they are so interesting. interesting we're uh, yeah. we're on a bit of a lockdown right now a, a soft lockdown because uh, <laughs> the ones we got from the prairies had covid we're so oh boy <laughs> Karen and I've talked about this because we've heard a little bit about like our like the PPE and the like all that stuff hey that's crazy yeah oh yeah I can't it's imagine. just another I mean I don't I'll show you a photo not that I, our your listeners can see it but of yeah I'm wearing a mask and a shield at all times oh, uh, wow. at the bare minimum yeah and then um if you go into a house that has COVID, you have to wear the full PPE 
where there's like a donning and doffing station and everything, you know? Oh my God. That's crazy. Like, like you're going to get sprayed with OC spray. (laughs) You probably could. Oh, wow. Yeah. We're looking at a picture of Jamie with all her gear on. Pretty cute. It's pretty cute. Yeah, it is cute. (laughs) (laughs) That's me in my office there. So I, uh, I actually spoke to some people at EIFW, uh, you know, I was asked to ask them what they do just in case we get an outbreak. Um, And they did learn that you have to wear your belt over top of your PPE because there was an incident and their OC spray or whatever they needed. Oh God. So now they have to sanitize their belts as part of donning their PPE and then put the sanitized belt over on it. Yeah. Walking around. Yeah. Oh, wow, <laughs> Sharon and I are like, oh, thank God. Yeah, we're, we're, thank God we're out. We're retired, right? Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I want to ask you, since this this uh, season is all about resiliency, what does that mean to you? When I say like, what does resiliency mean to you, Jamie? I think uh, resiliency is the ability to bounce back from uh, negativity or trauma or anything that really will will set you back something negative in your life. Um, you know, what I, on paper, what is resiliency? You should uh, have something meaningful going on outside of the prison, right? Yeah. That's something that ups your resiliency, uh, your outlook. Um, what you do after an incident in the first 24 hours is huge. Mm-hmm. If you start drinking or develop new habits that take the edge off, you'll have a hard time kicking that habit later. So resiliency is just your ability to kind of spring back from, from whatever. Did you, did you know that word or any of those things when you started in corrections? No, no. (laughs) And I might've, I might've heard it. I mean, someone might've told me to be resilient, but I would have been like, yeah, sure. I don't, I, but it didn't. We're going drinking now. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm at the bank and I'm on. I'm being resilient. Right? It's Tootie Tuesdays. So. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I Yeah, I, I know what it means now. And so I'm someone who needs really a lot of details before I understand it. So mm-hmm. when I when I am sort of sharing that with other people, I, I'm sure to say more than just, hey, be resilient, right? Because right. I know that I wouldn't have changed anything of my habits if I was told that. I, I but if And someone at 24. Said, yeah, yeah at 24. Yeah. Or Which like, I, I totally mean, thought I was old too at that time. Well, and I was 30, I think, or 31. And I, like, I wouldn't have, have thought of that. I would have just thought, get to work, do your thing, work, 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 be a warrior, just go to work, right? I wouldn't have thought, build this or mental health, or this is going to take a toll on something later. Yeah. So, and you don't sit around and think, Oh, I'm impacted. You know, look at me. I'm, you don't like you, you, you usually after an incident, you, you run it back in your mind over and over. What could I have done different? Right. Um, And so that's a sort of a starting point. And then just knowing, knowing not to be so uh, hard on yourself after like knowing that that's part of it. Don't make that your truth. Just, just know that that's part of the process of getting over it. And then, mm. uh, and then moving on, like you, you can learn, like, it's pretty hard to get fired. <laughs> so don't feel so bad. That's true, right? <laughs> so take, take inventory. You're okay. Yeah. And, you're okay. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I think that's where uh, a lot of, like, I would go over the incident forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. And, and I think I would always have conversations after and people would be like, Oh, well, remember when you did this? And I was like, no. And thinking to myself, what else did I do? Like, did I do something wrong? Should I, should I talk to these people again? Like I, I remember, um, we had an incident and I don't remember barely any of the incident. I remember the smell of cup of noodles because I was eating a cup of noodles. I cannot smell a cup of noodles. <laughs> I remember eating my cup of noodles and it, it was, it was a hanging oh, and gosh. I barely remember me being there. I barely remember being part of it. And they're like, no, you like lifted her legs. And I was like, what? <laughs> like so, so out of it, but so into it that I wasn't, it was th- like the, the, the muscle memory, the subconscious, yeah. the, all of that taking over. Um, so then I go back and I'm like, well, what else did I do? If I don't know, like, did I say <laughs> something? Was I recording, you know, and you get yourself in this tizzy of like what happened. And um, I struggled with that for a really long time. Like if, oh, if I don't remember that one, what other ones have I been in? You know, yeah. just weird, weird well, it's, things. It's kind of freaky because technically you could be called to the stand and, and testify to what you witnessed and were part of. And yes. it's like, there's no talk about or acknowledgement that memory is, is fluid and, and, you know, not concrete, right? You yes. swear on a Bible and so it must be. Yeah. No, right. Like <laughs> my memory is awful and yet I'm being paid to have a good memory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So Oh, and it's all, all of that is affected by trauma too and, and perception. So what, what I remember may not be what someone else does or what I saw. It's different because everybody's perception is different, right? And in, yeah. in same situations. Especially so it's, when they're scared. Yeah. Yes. And yes. the other, yeah, your re- other responses take over. You don't remember things, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I feel like that, uh, that hanging was almost like right at the end of my career where I was like, Oh, I know what I'm doing. So yeah. I'll just do what I've done. What I've always done. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. So it, um, yeah, it's, it was an interesting conversation late a couple of years later. Cause I was like, I remember being there, but I don't remember being involved. So yeah. Well, Crazy. I got to, um, I got to talk to Dr. Gil Martin. Oh, I love yeah. Dr. Gil Martin. Yeah, I okay, tell that. us. It was so awesome. Like he gave, like I was working on a school project actually, cause I'm in film. I just finished film school. So I was working on a PTSD project and I, <laughs> I've, um, I just reached out to him to see if he would do an interview with me. Like what the heck. Right. And he agreed. And so Sweet. awesome. I got awesome. one hour with him and he was so, I hung on every word he said. It was yeah. so good. Um, and he talked about, he talked about those moments when you have to be good, right? Like when you're a well-trained, basically he compared it to athletes, like basketball athletes, right? And he talked about how most people would not perform well in a high stress situation. Like maybe you're shooting ball in your backyard, you're gonna hit those shots, no problem, whatever. But if you're surrounded by a bunch of people and everyone's watching you and you're in a, a playoff game, you're probably not gonna hit that shot because your nervous system is is uh, stressed. Right. But, but the professionals, they need that high stress situation to perform well, because that's how they've been trained. Right. And so you compare that to 
how are we so effective at our job when it's so high stress yet there's a calming we yeah. do our thing yeah. everyone get you know it's like everyone can't believe how well we we did and we can't we don't even remember it <laughs> totally <laughs> yeah. yeah it was just this fine-tuned machine that yeah went into effect and we're just like what like that happened right mm -hmm. yeah yeah so that's that crazy so true and and that kind of that he sort of told me that as a answer to my question because it's almost I, I just get really calm now. I didn't used to. Like I used to watch Sharon be calm and be like, How can you be so calm? Just stand in there, one hand on her hip, one hand on the camera. In our in our in our gap, Jaggy. In my gap. Yeah. Well, I never saw you in your gaps, but oh, okay. you were rocking the uniform and uh, yeah just it's like you were hanging out you know and and so but but now I'm like that and I get the same questions how can you be so calm and mm -hmm. I really don't know but it, it is like a drug and it feels like I th I thought he was going to tell me my nervous system was fucked yeah but, but he didn't he told me about how when you're like a professional you actually perform high in a high stress situation totally you're responding actually, from calm right yeah you respond from the calm versus this really fr it's it's just what what takes you're trained. over you and yeah. you're, tra you're trained in those and yeah. I, re I remember the first camera incident i had where it was like is the inmates smashing into the side of the camera because my hand was like shook the whole <laughs> time like is is the incident happening to the camera because i was so but then after that it was like okay i've done this i know what i'm doing right like getting and even just being on the camera and saying who you are and all of that stuff, right? I found that even more stressful than the actual <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Me too. I'm like, spray me in the face with OC. Just don't make me talk after, right? <laughs> oh, this was fun. This, this was, was fun. awesome. Yes, awesome. thank you. Thank you, Jake. Yeah. Do you have any anything else you want to share that um, you want to pass on to the listeners or anything? I, I don't think so. I think I used some people's names. I'm worried that I shouldn't have, but oh, that's okay. Uh, I no mean to offend if I did, but no, no you didn't offend. No, no I think no, it was not fine. at all. You I just think... mentioned crew two people. Fun. Yeah, and, the, and I mean, they're lucky. I I said Melissa's name in one, and she was like, "I'm famous." And I'm like, <laughs> "How was the podcast aside from your name being mentioned?" Right? She well, thinks she's I think, famous. Yeah, the, I think if anyone's listening, that is considering a career in corrections i think they usually hear a lot of negativity and and sarcasm about joining but you know if you're gonna ask ask me you know i like my job i like the people i work with every day is a little different there's a lot of um if you don't like it you can maybe be a pro officer a programs officer or a manager or there's a lot of uh places to go um the pay is great it, it gives you a lifestyle that i never would have had from the group home and uh so so yeah i i would say just uh yeah you could consider the positive stuff too there's awesome. positives to the career absolutely i agree yeah. with that for sure me too for sure. okay, i well, thank met you. you guys yeah, yeah exactly and, yeah. We met. and we're here and we're here <laughs> and we're... years later laughing and having fun together so exactly bonus it was awesome jamie thanks yes, for thank talking to us thank you thank you Okay, I'll see you ladies later. Hey, that's all for today. Thanks so much for listening. Make sure that you subscribe to be notified when new episodes are released. 
And if you have a second, we would love a review. You can find us on Instagram at From Uniforms to Unicorns. And if you happen to know anyone else that would be interested in tuning in, please share this podcast with them. We greatly appreciate it. Love, Lauren and Sharon. <laughs>